Everybody's week is going well thus far, y'all. It is hump day, so we only got a few more days to grind this thing out before we make it to the weekend. I hope it's going well for y'all, whatever y'all are doing. Play work, laying around. I think some of the kids got one more free week before the punishment time starts again for school. <laughs> y'all, my son done already started serving time, okay? He started the other day, so... Oh, Lord. This year is going to be really good, y'all. So, without further ado, let's get to the synopsis so we can get straight to the episode. So, the synopsis for this one is, Luke examines all of his relationships and worries that the pressures of being a chambers man, in quotations, have changed him. So, y'all already know this is going to be emotional, full of mommy issues, okay? We know that... His and Brent's mom passed away when he was younger. So this is probably going to be a, a more emotional episode. Okay, So we start the episode off uh, with the disclaimer that the following events take place um, in the fall of 1999 and January 1st, 2000. Yes. So we actually get a flashback to September of 1990. And we see a little Luke. Y'all, he is so handsome. He's got a head full of hair. He's got like one of those uh, long bob situations going on, okay? Definitely like a boy bun type of situation if he wanted to put it up. Um, but him, Megan, and Brent, they're all kind of just like hanging out with Daddy Steve and Luke and Brent's mom. And she's got the, the camcorder out and she's, you know, just recording them and having all of these fond memories of them being in the woods and the kids playing with the water guns and then they end up getting Steve and it's the whole situation and then they start talking about cake and all of that and then we come back to Luke y'all Luke is at home it is the fall of 1999 September of 1999 to be exact and we see that he is watching this home video of his mom and she's saying how she's got the best boys in the world. Oh, it's so sweet. And y'all, he looks so sad. He looks like he's about ready to drop a few tears. Um, yeah. So this is gonna be an emotional roller coaster, this one, I'm sure, y'all. Okay, so we're somewhere in the fall of 99, and Luke is in the water listening to Bittersweet. Y'all know that song. If y'all 
Google it and y'all listen to the first part of it, y'all know exactly what song I'm talking about. It's like the symphony orchestra music, right? So he's in the swimming pool when Brent comes over and literally uh, tips over the floaty that he's sitting in and literally almost drowns him, holds him underwater for a good five, ten seconds, okay? He's fighting, and then Daddy Steve says, come on, Brent, knock it off, all right? Let him up. He takes a few more seconds of pleasure, and then he finally lets off of Luke. So then they get out the water, and they celebrate their mom's birthday, and she would have been 44 on that day. It's been eight years, y'all, since she passed away. Wow, 36? Y'all, that, that seems so young. So young. And so they share all of these fond memories of when they went to some theme park in Florida and then some water fountain that she jumped in and some guy was telling her to get out. But their mom just seemed to always live in the moment. She always wanted them to have fun. And Daddy Steve says that Luke kind of reminds her, reminds him of her regarding his sense of humor. Okay. Um, and then Brent mocks Daddy Steve saying how Luke is very feminine. In fact, he should be starting his period soon. You know, just always saying something. Um, but I feel like deep down that maybe Brent might be a little jealous of the relationship that Luke and his mom had, okay? So I don't know if that's going to play a part. We'll see. I feel like maybe either him or Daddy Steve has something to do with his death, but I, I could be wrong. So anyway, um, there's that. They eat cake for her birthday, and then they decide to go play tennis in her honor. So then we go over to um, them, and the first after, it's the first day of school, well, after school that day. And him, Megan, and Izzy are, like, walking along the docks. And so Izzy is telling them about how her first day went. She said that it seemed okay. It was just a lot noisier, a lot more crowded. And for some reason, her locker smelled like bologna. <laughs> Don't worry. All of the lockers smell like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's something in the atmosphere so then um izzy's got this magazine that she's reading and she finds like this compatibility test y'all remember when we used to read magazines and do all of that stuff who to find your your perfect partner what are you really like described as your true horoscope you know all of that stuff right so anyway she's reading a compatibility compatibility test and Luke is answering when it comes to Megan and Megan seems to be the realist of their relationship while Luke is the dreamer okay he's always got this positive outlook on life and um he says yeah you have to because if not guess what life will be depressing and I mean you probably are right about that definitely don't be um so far up that you got your head in the clouds and are completely oblivious to the realities of certain situations but to live in reality sometimes is depressing so somewhere teetering in between probably would good be a good fit so anyway as he's snatching the uh, compatibility test from uh izzy in a joking way some of the homeboys come over and then they spot that he's got this magazine in his hand they start making fun of him about how he's always hanging with the hoes before his bros 
And so they asked him, do, do he, does he want to come play basketball with them? He was like, no, nah, I'm going to hang with them. All right, we good. And so, again, they make jokes about him before they walk off. And um, Izzy was like, are you sure you, you didn't want to go with them? We can always hoe it up by ourselves. And he was like, no, nah, I'd rather kick it with y'all anyway. So then we go over to the winter of 99. And we're back at the cabin. And this is after Izzy has fired the gun and grazed uh luke's ear so it's the after effects luke is saying how she almost killed him she's a crazy bee this that and the third and um izzy is still trying to get megan to leave with her because now that this gun has went off which she totally was not expecting to she really did not think that it was going to go off um it was i guess it was supposed to be like empty the the clip was supposed to be empty but um either way here we are and so is this trying to get megan to leave because what if somebody heard the gun go off they could be calling the police right now so megan doesn't know what she's wanting to do she's stuck in between the two she doesn't know she wants to stay with luke and make sure that he's okay i mean he is bleeding a little bit but it's just a nick right or if she wants to go with izzy because things have gone just a little too far for megan's taste and so izzy was like you know what i'm out of here she ends up grabbing the tape and she says you see this okay we got proof now if you don't want this proof to get out i suggest that you keep quiet about what happened tonight don't say anything to anybody and so he says that he won't okay and so she snatches the tape she snatches the pill bottle Whose pills are those? Are those her pills or are those somebody else's? But either way, um, she snatches the pill bottle, she grabs her bag, and she dips out. But before she leaves, she says, Megan, let's go one more time. And she ends up leaving out. So we know that she's gone. So can we go ahead and rule her out for killing, killing Luke? I don't know. I guess we'll find out by the end of this episode. So... Megan is left behind, and he's still trying to get her to untie him, and she says, you know what, this got really insane, I was not expecting this tonight, but I, I had something to tell you, but now that things have went the way that they have tonight, I'm not sure if I still should, it's just, it's, it isn't the right time, but she goes ahead and blurts out anyway that she's pregnant, and he was like, wait, what, yes, you heard her right, Megan is pregnant, what are y'all gonna do now? So we're still in the fall of 99, I believe we're in October, and Megan and Luke are having conversations about how Brent is having some type of fraternity war at Branson and how their cars got egged because of something else that they did to the other fraternity um, to start all of this. Y'all, it was a hot mess, okay? And so then he goes on to tell her that since Brent is gone, it almost seems worse when it comes to him and daddy steve's relationship because at least when brent was there somebody was there to take up daddy steve's time but now that he is gone well there's not really that much for him and daddy steve to talk about i mean they literally watched a documentary about hedgehogs just so they could avoid having a conversation y'all did y'all know that hedgehogs were lactose intolerant i did not know that anyway fun facts so 
he says that um, it's just not the same. And then, you know, with Daddy Steve and Brent, they have more stuff in common. They can talk about sports and all of this. Y'all remember um, some episodes ago how Luke was always saying how Daddy Steve um, is always comparing him to Brent and how Brent is basically the, the golden child, okay? Um, because they he kind of has more of uh, more of those uh, characteristic similarities when it comes to daddy steve but luke on the other hand he has similarities that remind daddy steve of their mom and i wonder if that's another reason why he can't really have conversations with him because when he sees luke he's reminded of his wife and so that may not be something that he wants to address at all if if ever okay maybe he's not ready yet he hasn't properly learned how to grieve because he's supposed to be a man's man he's supposed to be all of these things macho labels that they put on men in society right he can't be sensitive he can't be vulnerable he can't be this he can't be that because he's got two boys to raise by himself now that his wife is gone and so you know since he's having this conversation with megan he ends up um uh, saying that his class is going to go to the science center, uh, I guess, next week or something like that. So Megan is super excited because they have an awesome planetarium. Wow, doesn't that sound really geeky? Y'all, that sounds cool as hell, though. I ain't going to lie, okay? And they got a little nice laser show, too. That's what Megan said. Lou, can I be her plus two? That would have been bomb, y'all. I think I have more fun at the Adventure Science Centers than my kids do when I take them. That's it. So, so anyway, he says that he's been filling out college applications, which his dad is expecting him to go to Branson, which we already know that he wants him to follow in Brent's footsteps every step of the way, literally. And um, he doesn't really want to do that, but he's not sure how to have this conversation with his dad. And so he says that when he was filling out the application, they had the emergency contact part on there. And although technically his dad is supposed to be his emergency contact, well, Megan is really his in case of anything, okay, and everything. That's so sweet, okay? He's very soft and tender like his mom. He knows all the right things to say, right? Now, I don't know this if this is game or not. I don't think this part is game. Okay, I think Luke is really showing us who he is right here when he's with Megan. I think he really does have feelings for her, very strong feelings. And, um, you know, it just is what it is. But because of who he is and who his dad is, we're going to soon see that he can't be who he really wants to be. So later on, um, he goes in to talk to his dad. And some kind of way, the college application situation gets brought up because they brought up Brent. And so he is, oh, he ends up showing him the Northland development. Okay. It's really nice though. It's got a, a hotel, a casino, a boardwalk, everything that a vacationer out of town could do to keep them occupied and, you know, enjoying the entertainment there. Um, and also it's very ideal for day trippers just to come down for the day, spend the night and then go back home. Right. So he says that all of these things you will learn and more once you go to Branson, like Brent, okay? And speaking of Branson, Dad, yeah, 
I've been thinking about it, and um, I don't think I want to do that. You know, I really enjoy being on the water. I was thinking about joining the Coast Guard. And this is where we see the ultimate rift. Y'all, I know parenting is hard, and I, I know that as parents, we have certain expectations for our kids, but y'all, we cannot, we cannot do what Daddy Steve did. And Daddy Steve shot him completely down and said, no, absolutely not, you are not joining the Coast Guard, okay? Being not on the water, that's a weekend type of thing. Okay, that, that's what you got a boat for. You go out on your boat on the weekend, you enjoy the water, you go back to work. The reality is if you want a family, if you want to be a provider for your family, if you want all of these nice things that you and your brother take for granted, you have to go get a real job and you have to work. You can't live this lavish lifestyle that we are living now on a military salary. And they might not get as much um, as you make probably within a few years, but it is consistent. It's a consistent salary. Um, once you're in there, your benefits are tremendous, okay? You are set for life on that side of things. So I think that Steve is just looking at it from, from a certain perspective that I just don't agree with. But either way, regardless of those types of, of advantages or disadvantages, this is something that Luke wants to do. And when he turns 18, I'm sorry, Daddy Steve, you have done your job. You have raised him to the best of your ability after your wife has transitioned over. But it's time for you to cut him loose and let him live. Now, I understand, you know, you're taking him in and, and picking him up and, and providing him with some type of stability until he can get back on his feet if he somehow falters. But in this instance you have ultimately shattered your son's dreams and you don't give a damn about it he said absolutely not and shut the conversation down and he ain't want to talk nothing else about it and so luke was like okay but i think it's one of those things where it's just like even if he wanted to go do that if he stayed where he was in town he wouldn't be able to just because of who his daddy is. His daddy got all the power and the authority in the town. So you gonna, you gonna legit have to run away or do something like, now the, the theory seems more plausible now that we know about this part of it, but still something happened to Luke that was not under his control. Um, but he wanted to get out of here. That's sad, y'all. I, oh, I hate that for him. So we're still in the fall, okay, y'all? Still not New Year's yet, but we're in the fall, and we see that Luke has used the sheriff's station as the address to submit his application to the Coast Guard. And so the sheriff is like, bro, you didn't have to do all of that, okay? What, what's your plan now, just in case? What happens when you get in? And so he was like, well, I mean, uh, I, I'm just going to have to sneak out of there. Uh, and basically tell Daddy Steve at the last minute that I'm choosing the Coast Guard over Prince and I'm not going. And so he says, oh, you really going to play like that? Yes, I am. Because in my house, okay, it's not a democracy. It's a bureaucracy. I don't know, y'all. <laughs> I ain't remember them words since I was in high school and it's been a long time. Okay. 
So anyway, he said it ain't a democracy in my house. Basically, he ain't got no say so right now still. And so he he says, you know, if I decide to go ahead and submit this application, I'm basically pulling the ripcord on my life and this thing is going to blow up. And um, the sheriff was like, well, sometimes that's the only way to live your dream. And you're absolutely right. You have to go off the beaten path to do to get what you need to fulfill your own life. Okay, you can't live for nobody else. But Daddy Steve, honey, he ain't trying to hear none of that. So then we go over to the winter of '99, and we're back at the cabin, y'all. I had forgot we was we how we had got here. So we're back at the cabin, and Luke is still dumbfounded off of what Megan just said. She's pregnant. How? When we were so careful, clearly not all the time. Okay. Oh, sorry, y'all. Let me go back a little bit first. Hold on. Rewind that. So prior to this part of it, they are at the cabin, but they're having uh they're they're laid up after one of their little sessions, right? So they they're talking about regardless of what happens, because they know that they're gonna be going to different schools next year. They don't want anything to change regarding their relationship. And he says, you know, Megan's gonna go to school and she's gonna meet all of these uh high tech geniuses and they're gonna start speaking in their own secret language which she called nerd i love it okay <laughs> and um she says well you know once you go off to to branson just don't become a, a bro monster well if he does then he'll be sure to be nice enough to get a translator ain't you so sweet luke and so he says that all he wants to do is make her happy because she reminds him so much of his mom so basically Megan is filling a void okay he's looking for all of that love and tenderness and since daddy Steve ain't up for being that type of parent then he gonna get it in Megan okay she always done looked out for him so they end up having their conversation so then we flash forward to the cabin part where she done revealed that she's pregnant okay and so he was like man we've always been careful uh clearly not every time dude so he says, well, let me just talk to my dad. We'll get this squared away. We'll get it figured out. Basically telling her that once he talks to his dad, his dad is going to try to coerce her into getting an abortion. And I don't think that's the route that Megan wants to go at this point. And so she was like, you know what? Never mind. Okay. Based off of what you just told me, you are not who I thought you were. You are a liar and a jerk. And honestly, after tonight, I never want to see you again. And she gets up and she storms out. Oh, Megan, be careful what you wish for. Yikes. So what what ends up happening to the baby, y'all? October of 99, we're still in it, y'all. And it is their last Halloween party. Oh, the gift that keeps on giving, that is that fake ID. Okay? I never took Megan for a chronic drinker, but she is starting to get into the habit. Okay? Well... Let's just call her a social drinker, not a chronic. That might be too extreme. So anyway, they're all going to this party dressed as people from the Matrix. And although Izzy doesn't quite understand the concept of the movie, she can dig the costumes. <laughs> they all look pretty dope. I will say that. So anyway, Megan forgets something, so she runs upstairs. And Izzy starts throwing hints that maybe there's a tinge of jealousy that is starting to show um, because she's feeling like a, an outsider in their relationship or in their throuple. And so 
she says that um, after this year, Megan is going to be pursuing her dreams. So why shouldn't you, Luke? You know, be the hero in your own story. And so he mentions how he would rather be uh, a witty accomplice or, you know, something like that. And she was like, well, that position is already spoken for. Talking about herself. And um, she says that there's not enough room for the both of us in her life. And I was like, oh, okay, Izzy, like, are you just saying that you just want them to be together and you just want to be the, uh, yeah, there's definitely some jealousy there. Okay, so then we go over to um, Luke is at the house over here in Brent's bragging about how he's bagging all these college girls they're super freaks and they get even freakier when they don't know that the camera is on them and so he was like bro okay if you were good in bed you wouldn't even have to worry about pulling the camera out which might have a point there um and so then um you know the guys are just eating up every word that brent says and him and luke are going back and forth about luke having the balls to do something that spontaneous, that exciting, that interesting. Luke is a bore snooze fest in his brother's eyes. And so he was like, bro, you would never videotape a girl. So maybe this is where the inspiration came from for him to record him and Megan doing what they do. Okay. So then we go over, uh, well, we're still in the fall, y'all. So then there's this one night Megan and Izzy go out to the bar using their fake IDs. And Megan must have totally forgot about the fact that she was supposed to be hanging out with Luke. Because guess what? Luke is at her house when they come home and he's on the couch watching a movie. Well, why are you here? Mama Debbie let me in. Okay. And so she remembers that they were supposed to hang out. Well, anyway, Izzy starts rubbing in Luke's face that they had such a good time. And although the lead singer was in love with Izzy, there was some other guy that was following Megan around like a sick puppy dog. But she rejected him, you know, just to keep his ego in check, so to speak. Okay. And so Izzy is rubbing all this in, I guess, to try to try to create some type of friction between Megan and Luke for their relationship to possibly break them up. I would go that far to say that she probably is over exaggerating however the message is sent the damage has been done luke is super jealous of what happened that night because he's just like you know why didn't you call me i could have came well bro you definitely uh couldn't get in last time so what makes you think that you can get in this time touche izzy but that's not the point okay intentions are always what matters most (laughs) so anyway he got upset that megan didn't call him Well, anyway, the guy was a total loser. Um, I basically ignored him the whole night. I shot him down. That's it. So now Izzy has went upstairs because the damage has been done, like I said. Meanwhile, Megan is sitting on the couch laid up next to a sulky Luke. Oh, he's very salty, you guys. Very, very salty indeed. So there's some friction for sure between Luke and Izzy. Y'all starting to see that bad blood being created? I'm starting to see it myself, so I don't know, y'all. So Luke is down at the sheriff's station when he runs into Jeff. Apparently, Jeff does not know where to park or know how to pay because he is there because he's got a parking ticket. Those damn babe meters. (laughs) 
So anyway, he's down there. And um, Luke tries to break the ice a little bit and break up some of the awkwardness of their entire situation, considering the fact that Luke does stole his girl. So he asked him, is he going to the some type of dance that they're having? And he was like, nah, I think I'm going to pass on this one. Well, why don't you go with that girl, Amy? I mean, she's been checking you out for the last few months. You know she's crushing on you. And so Jeff was like, bro. Don't even try to play in my face like this, all right? Now, I know that you and Megan, y'all, y'all went ahead and got together, but you don't have to do this, okay? You you pretending to be the nice guy, but in reality, you are just as culpable as Megan with y'all getting together, okay? Don't act like you just all innocent and you ain't had no part to play in y'all getting together, because I know better. And so, he ends up telling Luke, you know, Brent is a straight-up asshole, but at least he's honest about his. Meanwhile, you sit up here and try to put on this front and a face, a facade, like you just this good boy and you're not, okay? I know who you are. And maybe deep down, Luke knows too, or at least he's trying to be. Maybe he's running from it. I don't know, y'all, at this point. I really do feel like Luke is genuinely a good kid, or at least he was trying to be, but then... The peer pressures of it all is what what made him go bad. So then um, we see Luke back at the cabin. He's now waking up. It's the next morning. So the girls actually did leave him there. Um, or at least it looks like it's the next morning. It's, it's daylight outside. And so he starts to work the ropes in some kind of way. He got one of them loose. Y'all, is Luke going to kill you? I don't know, y'all. I, I don't know. I don't know how this one's going to end, and I don't like it. So, then we go over to uh, December of 99. This must be early December, um, because things are really tense. I know that the uh, did the plunge thing the plunge thing had to happen already, but y'all know Izzy is, she's a good reader of people. So, anyway, they're having a conversation, and somebody came up with the, the genius idea to have ditch day and luke is game to it okay he kind of likes the side of megan and so um izzy ends up telling her that the no doubt tickets go on sale the following week so maybe they should ditch it in too to go get tickets and so izzy brings up the fact that megan is supposed to be traveling with her to madrid next summer now, this has been conversation between the girls, but apparently Luke is jealous because he wasn't in the know, and Megan hasn't had the chance to tell him just yet. And so, he says, so when are, when are you going? If I'm going. And Izzy was like, no, girl, you're going, okay? She's supposed to be coming next summer. She's already got her passport. She needs to expand her horizons and get outside of her comfort zone. She needs to travel, okay? Staying in one spot is not good for the soul. And then she keeps side-eyeing Luke the whole time. Y'all, I love Izzy's passive-aggressiveness right now. I love it. And Luke is all in his feels for it. <laughs> Ooh, the tension is so thick you can cut it with a knife. So Megan tries to break it up, but it's just not getting any better between those two. So Luke pays Daddy Steve a visit at the office because he's got some important news to tell him. 
He says that he got accepted into Branson. And although Daddy Steve is very swamped with work right now, he stops exactly what he's doing and he gets up and go gives his son the biggest hug that I've ever seen him give him this entire season. And that is very sad to say. So anyway, he goes over there, gives him a big old hug. And then once he loosens up his grip a little bit, he also tells him that he got into the Coast Guard as well. And after some serious consideration, he really, really wants to join the Coast Guard. And so Daddy Steve is now infuriated again because he's tired of having this conversation with him. Okay, if you want to go off the deep end and ruin your life, by all means, go ahead. Be my guest, but I'm not going to be bankrolling this little venture of yours. And so he was like, come on, dad. No, don't don't come on, dad, me. Okay, dad, my ass, okay? I done told you how I feel about you going to the Coast Guard. You should have been going to Branson, but since you want to go off the beaten path, by, by all means, go ahead. So that's the end of that conversation. But... Once Luke sees that his dad is not going to change his mind about the Coast Guard, he says, you know what? You want me to go to Branson because you want me to be just like Brent. Okay. Then they get into this argument about how the only real son, at least, at least in Luke's eyes, to Daddy Steve is Brent. Because he, deep down, resents Luke for the night of the accident. And we find out that... Um, his mom passed away um, from some, I think I probably, I think it's a, like a car accident or something like that. Either way, Luke was in the car with her, and Luke gets upset, and he starts, you know, going in on his dad because he was like, you know what, you were the one that was supposed to take me to go get my cleats that night. Not mom, but you were so busy, swamped with work, always doing something work-related, you know, always doing this when you should have been at home with your damn family. You you always talking about how family is so important to you, this, that, and the third, but you ain't never at home with yours. And so we find out that dad was supposed to take him instead of mom. And as a result that night, maybe mom was just too tired. I'm not sure. But either way, the accident happened. And as a result of it, mom passed away. And Luke feels like his dad secretly wishes that it was him instead of their mom that passed away in that accident. And so then Luke ends up telling him that um, that he wishes that he would have he would have uh, driven him that night instead of their mom because all of their lives would have been so much more different. Y'all, these are tough conversations. They need some therapy. They should have got therapy a long time ago because Daddy Steve didn't know how to process. None of them knew how to process their grief. And I feel like when Luke tried to, they kept like getting onto him for being so sensitive. But y'all, he misses mama. It's okay to miss your mama. And it's okay to talk about it too. So anyway, um, after this conversation, we fast forward a little bit and he ends up going to go see Megan and it's, you can tell that something is bothering him and she points it out to him. And so he says, you know, sometimes I just really feel like I want to run away and have a fresh start. Have you ever thought about that? And she said, yeah, sometimes. Well, Unfortunately for him, it plays on a loop in his head rent-free all the time. Okay, he really wants to get 
out of here and get away from under Daddy Steve's thumb. So then we go forward a little bit more and we flash forward to the Christmas party where the principal runs into Luke, Daddy, Steve, and Mom. Uh, no, it's just those three. And so the principal is saying how Luke got accepted into Branson, and, you know, she's heard that he's going to be following in Daddy Steve and Brent's footsteps. And so he was like, yep, you know, it's the Chambers way. And um, Mama Debbie ends up pulling the judge and, not the judge, pulling Daddy Steve and the principal to the side because the judge wanted to talk to uh talk to him for a minute but after that interaction y'all once daddy steve get luke alone again y'all he him him up so quick and he was like you know what you're not gonna keep embarrassing me i saw how you was sarcastically talking about how it's the chamber's way to go to branson like like branson ain't nothing okay you're not gonna keep embarrassing me like this okay image and reputation are important and luke was like yeah that's more important than your family and he was like, you know what? You're going to Branson. That's the end of the discussion. There's nothing else left to be said about it. Fix your face and get over it. And that's where we are left. Y'all, I'm starting to think, Daddy, ooh. I done had my finger on him for a while. Y'all, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But I just don't know at this point. So then, after that, and I'm not sure if Luke did this on purpose to try to ostracize himself from the family, um, for sure, for sure, as a means to go ahead and say, you know, Daddy Luke is too embarrassed to, not Daddy Luke, Daddy Steve is too embarrassed to have me in this family uh, because of the sex tape. But y'all, he hands the sex tape to one of the, the, uh, the host, the waiters there and tells them to put the tape on because it's his dad's favorite and i'm not sure if he thought it was maybe like one of brent's tapes trying to embarrass the family name or whatever the case may be but either way it's the sex tape that him and megan made and now we are caught up y'all and the look on luke's face like i said i'm not sure if this was one if this act was on purpose or if he just grabbed the tape out of sure spite of his brother and the relationship that him and daddy steve have but either way this is definitely went all the way left so all the guys are kind of just hanging around the cabin in the back shooting cornhole when they're talking about the sex tape and they're giving Luke a hard time about how long he's been, like, playing Megan for Izzy. And, um, yeah, that's all they seem to want to talk about. Luke really wants to change the subject. And Brent, you know, congratulates him for doing it the Chambers way, okay? They always seem to get what they want out of life. So, as Luke is trying to change the subject, um... Jeff ends up mentioning how he's not so convinced that the video is what it is, okay? This is all smoke and mirrors, meaning he knows that Megan is the one in that video, but he hasn't said anything, but Luke does not know that. Instead, Luke just tells him, look, bro, okay, hate the player, don't hate the game, okay? We done heard that before. Charge it to the game, not me. So then... um we see Megan and Luke there at the cabin, and they're making out on the couch, and then things start to get a little bit more tense, and they get ready to head to the bed, but 
Megan, she's a little hesitant, y'all, okay? Things are different now that that sex tape has come out. It's really weird that we were being filmed and we didn't know it. Like, shouldn't our spidey senses have went off? Like, shouldn't they started tingling or something? Something should have let us know that we were being filmed. And so he promises her that that was just a one-time thing. And we know that he is responsible for this video. And also that he is responsible for it being shown. Whether it, that was purposefully or not, he's responsible for both of those things. And instead of him fessing up to what happened, he only tells her that it's never going to happen again. And that he loves her. Huh. <sighs> When he should have been stepping up and being honest and sincere about everything that was going on, he just chose not to. Yeah, I don't know. So then um, he's back at the crib and him and Daddy Steve are having a conversation. Apparently he was supposed to be hanging out with Megan, but she ditched him to go, we know, to Ned's house. Um, and they were supposed to be going to the plunge together. And so he says that she dished him, well, she she took a rain check. Okay, he said that they'll meet up later. And um, Daddy Steve basically hints that mm, maybe you should try to see what else is out there because Luke is saying how things have been so different since the sex tape. He's apologized to her many, plenty of many times, so much that he's probably forgotten to count at this point. Um, but she's been so distant lately. And we know that it's because she's pregnant, okay? Or at least that's my assumption. So he says she's been so distant lately, been ducking and dodging them, and also because she's been hanging out with Ned too and fixing her grace and stuff. And so, like I said, Daddy, Daddy Steve starts to hint at maybe you should try to see what else is out there because let's be honest once megan goes to college i mean she's got this scholarship and he just cuts it off there so yeah i don't know luke is starting to get um a little agitated with megan's constant ditching of, of him or putting his needs second to what she really wants to do but it's her life y'all and um you know he's got to go out there and try to figure his out but unfortunately he's still under daddy steve's thumb so then we fast forward to the cabin and luke has finally got himself free of the knots and so he he stumbles out the bed y'all and we see that he is still bleeding from his gunshot wound um his grace and um he grabs a flashlight, and y'all, from his point of view, his his vision is very blurry. But he grabs the flashlight, so I'm assuming that it's dark now. And um, he goes outside. And I'm not sure if maybe he's going to fall into the water on accident and drown, but he can swim. So, I don't know. We'll see. So, y'all, we pick up right where we left off before it cuts a commercial Luke is making his way outside and he's going through these woods and y'all remember he used to be terrified of the woods when he was little okay he done got dr drunk he's he's under the influence of alcohol and drugs okay and he's stumbling through the woods and y'all they are playing Lincoln Park and when I tell y'all I got goosebumps because y'all know the singer committed suicide so, 
as he's walking through these woods, he is feeling all of these emotions. He starts to hear all of these bad, negative comments that people have said to him uh, very recently start playing in his head about how um, Daddy Steve is tired of trying to fix him and how Jeff, you know, called him... <laughs> Uh, a jerk that's trying to portray himself as a nice guy okay so all of these thoughts are going through his head he finally makes his way to the docks and he sits down he ends up pulling a pager out as we see um izzy and megan they are getting into bed and they are nowhere near him so they are not luke's murderer okay so as i mentioned um, he pulled out his beeper, and then we start hearing some footsteps come on the dock, and then we see, I guess, like a silhouette of somebody, and Luke says, I didn't think that you would come, and that's the way the episode ends, y'all. Who do y'all think killed Luke? I don't know. I really don't know, y'all. This is a mystery to me. I knew it wasn't going to be the girls. Um, I still do think that it's either Daddy Steve or it's Brent. But you just never know, okay? I could be completely wrong at this point. It, it is a guy, though. Um, and it's got to be somebody that we already know. So we'll see. But let me know what you think. You can reach me at Menu TV Reviews on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also reach me at My TV Reviews Podcast without the S on the end at gmail.com. Who I don't know, y'all. This was heavy. I like this episode, but it was heavy. A lot of deep emotions that needed to be um, confronted and talked about and addressed. Um, and so I'm glad that they were able to address them. I really do hate the way that it ended for Luke. Um, it's a lot of teenagers that are caught in between trying to figure out who they are and still be have some sense of a social life, even if they don't fully agree with the people that are in their circle. So, yeah, that's it, you guys. Let me know what you think. Um, that's all I have for now. So until we meet over the airwaves again, I am Mo, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.